Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 10, 9, 8. Cadbury has launched new Freddo Treasure Space Series with Cadbury Dairy Milk Buttons and a surprise space toy in every chest. 3, 2, 1, lift off! Treasure every adventure. New Cadbury Dairy Milk Freddo Treasure Space Series. With only 76 calories per pack, pick one up in store. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Second Take Variety Hour. The Second Take Variety Hour is filmed in front of a live studio audience. Welcome to the Second Take Variety Hour. If you thought last week's intro was good, you're going to love this one. Um, The Lion King is a good movie. Yeah, the first one. Challenge. You don't like it? No. I haven't seen the uh, the remake, so... Technically, if you've seen good. the original, you have. Oh, there we go. Yeah. So the remakes will be really good, <laughs> I assume. This, the, the songs are nice, but Simba's just... Are you, it's, a Ma- dick. it's Matthew Broderick. What are you doing? <laughs> oh. What are you doing, mate? <laughs> well, I'm Sebastian, and I enjoy Matthew Broderick. I'm on record. He did kill a guy, but that's okay in my books, apparently. Wait, is it the right person? Yeah. I, I I put my phone in the other room to charge, so I can't search it. Matthew Broderick was in the car accident, right? He, he killed he was someone. Driving an island, and he was responsible for somebody's death. Yeah. Okay, no judgment. I did not know this but about I, the man. I'm still a fan, regardless of that horrible yeah. thing. Why did I even bring this up? <laughs> When I break big, and it will happen, you can kill my a man agent's by gonna accident. look back on this and be like, "What have you done?" You can kill a man by accident, but you can't forgive someone for Inspector Gadget. So. <laughs> he was the good Inspector Gadget, wasn't it? French Stewart that was the, the worst. Okay, okay, mm. I say the good. I'm doing good being the first mm. one and bad being the second one. That's the scale. That's the. That's <laughs> nope. Okay. Well, you can see what I'm trying to do. I'm Andy Schossler, and I am critical of Matthew Broderick. I'm Jordan, and I'm indifferent towards Matthew Broderick. He's fine, I guess. Yeah, he's Simba. He's been in other good things too. I once again can't Google him because my phone's in the room. But I assume oh, he's been in the room. Have anything he's computer been in. in front okay, of I you. do have a computer in front of me. I'll Google. If you're joining us on the Variety Hour for the first time, this is pretty much the show. No one. Um, what we do is we've scoured the internet. We've gone through Netflix. We've played games and puzzles. I don't know why puzzles. No one's reviewing a puzzle. I can review a puzzle for you if you like. That's exciting. Okay. Not uh, this week. I'll, I'll get a puzzle. No, oh, good. Okay. Effectively, we all go away and consume some sort of cult, pop culture in some regard, and come back and either you know bury it or put put it over <laughs> for the uh, for the week. And this week, what are we talking about, Andrew? Uh, I would like to talk about one of Netflix's new shows. Uh, Paul Rudd has a show called uh, Living with Yourself. Oh, it's quite good. I've seen screen grabs of that one. 
Matthew Broderick's from the producers. How did I forget that? Yeah. Incredible. I, I was no. I was looking no. at myself and I was trying to find out when was the last time I no. watched a Matthew Broderick movie and it, it was 2005 and it was the producers. No, it's Matthew Broderick film. is not, not in the producers. Since. He is in the producers remake. Okay, so this is not what I'm putting over, but I am. I do have a two paragraph breakdown of the 1987 car crash that Matthew Broderick was involved in in front of me. So you're getting a bonus Matthew Broderick history lesson. Let's do it. In today's episode. I'd love it. Well, well firstly, well, sorry, well, Jordan, what are you talking about today? Uh, similar, I'm uh, talking about a Netflix uh, documentary uh, about the much maligned Fire Festival. Uh, so Fire, the greatest party that never happened. Oh, that's very exciting. Oh, I know nothing of this and I'm intrigued. You haven't heard well, of Fire Fest? Uh, no. You're going to get an education, my friend. <laughs> Um, and I was originally going to talk about BoJack Horseman season four, I think it is, or five. The five, I think it's four has just come out on Netflix. I haven't touched it yet. It is the final season of the show. So whether it's four or five doesn't really matter. It's the final season. I'm going to talk about the seasons prior to that because I think it is genuinely one of the best shows on Netflix, at least. It is it's fantastic. It's okay. great. So, but firstly, guys, so we're going to get down to business. Okay, <laughs> Matthew Broderick car crash. This is just from Wikipedia, so I hope it's just riddled with errors. That's my own. It'll be 100% factual. Matthew Brodenstein. <laughs> <laughs> On August 5th, 1987, while driving a rented BMW in... Okay, no, we've got a problem here, Andrew. You recognize this from a new world order. Any place that's mentioned that I'm not familiar with, I struggle to read the name mm. of. He was rented in... Dublin. Enniskillen, Northern <laughs> Ireland. <laughs> Broderick crossed into the wrong lane and collided head-to-head with a Volvo driven by Anna Gallagher, aged 28, accompanied by her mother, Margaret Doherty, 63, killing both instantly. Mm. He was vacationing with Jennifer Grey, whom he had begun dating in a semi-secrecy, sorry, in semi-secrecy during the film Ferris Bueller's Day Off. The crash publicly revealed their relationship. He had a fractured leg and ribs, a concussion, and collapsed lung. Gray received minor injuries, including whiplash. <laughs> Do I dare go on? Yes. Broderick told police he had no recollection of the crash and did not know that he was in the wrong lane. Quote, I don't remember the day. I don't remember even getting up in the morning. I don't remember making my bed. When I first, What I first remember is waking up in hospital with a very strange feeling going on in my, le- in my leg. End quote. He was charged with causing death by dangerous driving and faced up to five years in prison, but was later convicted of lesser charges of careless driving and fined $175. What? The victim's son? No, no, you can't judge it just on the surface. You'd have to go into the court transcript to find out why. Can you pull that up, Sebastian? (laughs) (laughs) There is a lot of citations. Like the second it has that that sentence there about what he was charged, there's five citations. (laughs) The victim's, this is the final part. The victim's son and brother, Martin Doherty, called the verdict, quote, a travesty of justice, end quote. He later forgave Broderick amid plans to meet him in 2003 to gain a sense of closure. In February 2012, when Broderick was featured in a multi-million dollar Honda commercial aired during the Super Bowl, Doherty said the meeting had not taken place and that Broderick, quote, wasn't the greatest choice of drivers knowing his past, mm. end quote. Interesting. That, 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 that's all that Wiki has on this one. Well, there you are. And then multiple citations, but I'm not going into court records. This is not that kind of show. If you want that kind of show, let us know. We're talking about it. <laughs> second take, court files. No, we can't just put the name second take and then something else on it. I mean, we can and we'll talk about that much later, but not court files. <laughs> I don't have time for court files. All righty. Sorry. Um, what are we talking about first? Were you? 
Well, now I'm going to write a Matthew Broderick murder into the episode. So that's exciting. Well, that's, that's vague. I should not write those words in that well, way. Matthew speaking, Broderick's vehicular history. <laughs> speaking oh. of murder, living with yourself. A very interesting show on Netflix. Mm. The first episode, it's not a spoiler to say it's uh, to do with uh, cloning. Um, so essentially Paul Rudd is cloned, but there's a little bit of a, a mishap uh, with um, uh, with the replacement and the and the original, and they end up both being um, sort of alive and, and present and, and r- running in with each other. Mm. And it's a very interesting show about the dynamic of first of all how they're going to split their life and then sort of deciding whether or not it makes sense for them to just split up and be as far away from each other as possible or you know whether there is something something real about people's memories uh, and does that make them it, it, it explores very lightly you know metaphysical mm. issues of what makes us us right Right? Are we, are we, you know, limited to the body we're in, and is that who we are? Is, is you know another body with our with our memories still us, or is that distinctly somebody somebody different? And it just raises a few little interesting things, all in a sort of veiled in a in a, in a story. Mm. But you can read into it if you like, or you can just enjoy the surface story if if if, if that's more your thing. Yeah. But if you're a fan of uh, uh, cloning films and sort of this double life. Uh, uh, stories, it felt to me like um, the sixth day, the Arnold Schwarzenegger film, mm-hmm. but it had the it had the feel of multiplicity, the the Michael Keaton film, where he literally the the point is there he goes out to get clones of himself in order to ease up his life, right? So that there are multiple versions of your of yourself uh, running around, and mm-hmm. that's that's an interesting movie too. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. Yeah, I don't know if I've actually seen it. I've Sounds vaguely familiar. It's good. It's funny. Yeah. It's, it, it's Michael Keaton. He's a terrific actor. Yeah, you can't Which one really was Michael Keaton one, sorry? Multiplicity. Multiplicity, yeah, that's one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah, so it's sixth day, but it feels like, it sort of has that lighthearted family feel of multiplicity. Yeah, And okay. Paul Rudd is fantastic. Yeah, he's great, isn't he? Yeah. He's so He's a very good, good he honestly watch is. Paul Rudd in yeah. anything. Yeah. He seems so likable. He can be very dramatic and very serious. He's very versatile. Mm-hmm. And it's just a pleasure to watch him on screen, doing doing his thing. Hmm. You don't but even have to. He's one of those guys where, like, I could literally watch him in like anything, and yes. I feel like I'd buy it. Yeah, because like a lot of the time as well, like especially someone like him who's done so many like big movies, you expect him to kind of get typecast, or like you'll see him in something, and you'd be like, oh, that's just Ant Man or something, yeah. and you're like, so you can't take it seriously. But, but I find that he's he's got like such a such a range. And like he's just such a good actor that like you can put him anywhere and I'll like I'll buy it. I'll be like, yeah, yeah okay, cool. No, he brings a lot of legitimacy to it, mm. and the story too. It's I was, uh, we were talking about it off, off air before, and while it is funny, I wouldn't describe it as a comedy. Mm. Um, and even though it has uh, cloning as sort of a major uh, part of it, it's not a sci-fi either. Yeah, right. It really is like this light-hearted drama. It just kind of has the dramatic elements of those other kind of genres in it, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's telling a real story. Yeah, you know, it's not it's not trying to be funny or trying to make a point necessarily. It's just telling a story of what would happen if this was the situation, and it feels very real. It's it's very robust, and I look forward to the second season. 
If they are, I mean, I say, do you know if they're doing one? It is open ended. It does end on on a, a very interesting cliffhanger, mm-hmm. uh, and I and I hope they continue to make it because it's it's going to continue to be an interesting story. I, I mean, a standalone, it, like ending on on the cliffhanger that it does. I think one season would be perfectly fine, right? And it wouldn't, you wouldn't feel cheated if mm. they never do anything with it. Um, but I'm absolutely certain they'll they'll make two or three seasons more of this. Well, it and sounds so, like so it's, they should. it's coming off quite well. Like everything I've heard about, it's been really positive. So I feel like if it does well, I don't see why they wouldn't do it. It's quite short. It's only eight sort of twenty-five minute episodes. Oh, okay. Um, but the story is very, very rich, um, and and the way they tell it is just fantastic. It keeps moving. It's not it's not dull at any moment. Hmm. There's one little scene in the last episode, and maybe we'll wait until the. You, uh, both of you have have seen it to discuss it. But it just feels completely out of place and kind of stops the story. But then it picks up again and it's fine. Mm. Okay. For the people who have seen it, it's the it's the FDA um, uh, people and, and their involvement. They're in it for like ten minutes and it kind of goes nowhere. It just feels like the whole show stops just to tell that extra little bit, like an extra little story that and doesn't really fit. It, it doesn't have a payoff. It's not particularly funny. The FDA. Why? The F- well, you'll have to yeah, watch to find <laughs> out. <laughs> that's a weird group of people to get involved in a yeah. phoning story. <laughs> <laughs> I assume it's something to do with corn syrup. Possibly. Yeah, it always is. It always is. I'm not going to give anything away, and I haven't given yeah, anything that away. Corn <laughs> that means corn syrup. Means corn syrup. What did you mean looking to? The Fire Festival. Yeah, right? so I guess uh, this episode's pretty much sponsored by Netflix. It's all uh, <laughs> Netflix property. Oh, shit, it is. <laughs> with, a dab, with a dash of Matthew Broderick's <laughs> yeah. uh, past. Yep. Yeah, so... um. I guess we got to go back a little bit for Andy since he doesn't um, doesn't record. So Fire Festival was a uh, what was meant to be a luxury music festival, uh, like sort of a few years ago. It was put together by uh, this guy Billy McFarlane, who I guess you could call him an entrepreneur, but nothing he's done's been particularly successful. Uh, And famed rapper of the early two thousands, Mr. Ja Rule. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, if he's involved, you know it's going to be yeah, a success. It's, it's tough. Um, but yeah, basically they sold this um, luxury music festival on like this private island. Uh, it was all kind of promoted by like um, celebrities and like your social okay. media influencers and that sort of thing. Turned out they didn't really know what the fuck they were doing mm-hmm. and it was an absolute shit show from the very beginning. <laughs> and um, oh, So it's real. It's not like... Oh, it happened. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, this isn't like the history of the show, like this created... It no, it's really very real. Okay. <laughs> And yeah, so this documentary is pretty much a, a cinematic autopsy of everything that could have <laughs> like possibly that. gone wrong. <laughs> okay. um, it's it, it's it's like watching a slow motion car crash that you just can't look away from. Right. Um, it basically just comprehensively breaks down how they fucked it up so royally, uh, from like the very beginning all the way through to the days of the festival itself. Okay. Good. Um, I, I like a case study. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty much what it is. I've um. Like it's even if you know like sort of a little bit of the background about it, it's just like really fascinating to watch. Uh, just like the way that the stories kind of weave through the documentaries, like really, really well put together. It basically just takes you through every single like misstep and like weapons grade fuck up that they could have <laughs> possibly gone through to to sort of have oh. this festival. Um, like one of my favorite things is like the first one of the first things they did was they rented the island. They took care of that. Um, they rented an island that was supposedly previously owned by Pablo Escobar. Okay. And so the owners of the island rented it out to them, 
with the very strict policy that they make no reference to the link to Pablo Escobar. Mm-hmm. So the very first thing they did mm-hmm. in the ad for the festival was advertise the island as being previously owned by Pablo Escobar. So they got kicked off of that island. Oh. And uh, this was, I think, with might have been maybe four months before the festival. They had to find a new island location. Because they'd advertise it as an island yeah. des- destination. Yeah, okay. so they couldn't really do it. Where they wound up was um, a small uh, enclave just outside of the Sandals Resort in Jamaica. Okay. Which um, Michael Scott famously advised yes. me is all inclusive. So <laughs> that's fine. Um, but yeah, it was basically just this like they clearly had no idea what they were doing. Like they put so much stock into the the advertising of the festival that when it came time to actually taking care of anything that you need to have human beings, uh, you know, on an island, like, you know, facilities, security, food, water, those sort of things, uh, somewhere to sleep. Um, yeah, it wasn't really taken care of all that oh, well. Oh, no. So they, they sold it with, um, like, the accommodation was sold as these private villas, uh, which... They never had. Uh, the, actually, the dude who ran it claimed that they did have quite a few villas, but they actually lost the box that contained all the keys to the villas. <laughs> so everyone got off the uh, the private jets, which were just commercial flights, yeah. um, got there. <laughs> and um, what they wound up with was essentially FEMA tents, uh, oh. which were... Half of them didn't have like um, you know mattresses in them, yep. and the day before the festival, there was a torrential storm that came through, so everything oh. is just soaking wet. There's barely any food, like nothing is going right, um, and like this is these are people who paid like I think the cheapest ticket to the festival was like a thousand dollars, and it okay. went went all the way up to like I think maybe twenty grand Jeez. got you like a VIP experience with like the villas and all this sort of thing. Um, but essentially the guy who was running it, like as they were setting it up and like the documentary kind of goes through this like point by point because it's the, it's actually made by the, um, like media, I don't know if it'd be media, like the advertising agency that was run, that had to run all the advertisements for the festival. Um, the documentary is produced by them. So they've got like just so much footage from the (laughs) event and the group leading into it. And it's so fascinating because all of these ins and outs of them trying to make it work are all on camera. So like you're actually getting to see it. Um, but basically Billy McFarlane had, I think the total wound up being like $26 million that he'd defrauded from investors to try to make this festival happen Uh, up to like the week of the festival. They were sending out messages to the people who had bought tickets, basically saying like, oh, it's going to be a a cashless event. So you've got to upload this money into, uh, like a bracelet that you'll be using to pay for everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, we, we recommend like two to $300 per day for the festival, which was just being embezzled basically to pay back some of those investors. Jeez. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's really, really fascinating. The My favorite part of it is after the festival uh, goes through, like obviously everyone's being, you know, Billy McFarlane and Ja Rule are all being investigated for fraud. Um, Billy's in New York on bail um, huh. after defrauding millions and millions of dollars from investors and the public. Uh, and he's actually found to be running another scheme. Of course, <laughs> well, he well, is, whilst yeah. he's waiting to be indicted for this, he's running a, a ticketing scheme in New York, wow. selling tickets to people who bought tickets to the Fire Festival or were like kind of on their mailing list, um, trying to sell them tickets for uh, events that don't even have tickets. Like he was selling tickets to the Met Gala, which you can't buy tickets okay. to. Like you get invited to that, and so like it's just he's such a like psychopath, really. Like you're on bail from a fraud charge and you're out here defrauding more people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, 
I believe he's in for a penny, in for a pound. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I believe he's currently serving, I think, like six years in jail mm-hmm. for the festival itself. Um, oh, yeah, it's with charges pending for the other. Yeah, assumedly. <laughs> assumedly. Um, <laughs> the best thing though is like Ja Rule throughout this entire film is just a quote machine. Like he's he's got some great things to say. <laughs> um, the best is like I, I think it's this one because there's actually another um, documentary that was made independently of like the group that ran it. I don't know if it's in this one or the other one, but they're basically on like a, a conference call with Ja Rule and uh, Jerry Media, and they're talking about everything that's happened. And my favorite thing I think I've ever heard someone say in regards to something like this, he just goes, it's not fraud. It, it's just false advertising. <laughs> <laughs> mm, otherwise known as fraud. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's really, really fascinating. Like it's just yeah. re- really good cinema journalism. Okay. Like, so it just takes you through everything, like sort of step by step. It's really, um, really in depth as well, but like it's put together in a way that, like I say, it's kind of one of those things where you know what's going to happen, but you can't look away. Yes. And it's just so fascinating like that. And uh, it just, it's really like runs by really quickly. I think it goes for like two hours, but it's okay. really, really enjoyable. Like, I don't know if the fact that I enjoyed all those people's like misery makes me a bad person or not, but it's yeah, fa- fascinating. Great, I'm great, great, great documentary. Definitely going to check that one out. And now to bring it down a peg for you, Andrew, there was actually a wrestling show, which um, <sighs> kind of parodied the, the fire festival <laughs> thing. So fire is F Y R E in this case. And AEW before they launched the TV show did the fighter fest pay-per-view F Y T E R. And the whole gimmick of the entire night was that they were over budget and doing things that they couldn't do and they were running out of money. And it was just them like scrambling together the rest of this pay-per-view while actually putting it on. <laughs> so like they had like all these girls to like, you know, stand at the top of the yeah. ramp as the wrestlers come That's down. That's right, there was pose. a FEMA tent at the top of the ramp yeah. as well, I remember. <laughs> um, and there was a luxury pool next to them, which was just yeah. a kiddies pool. But yeah, um, throughout the, at one point during the night, there was like, yeah, we've gone over budget. We can't actually afford to keep these supermodels here. So two of them were taken away and replaced with um, mannequins. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> and like throughout the entire night, like little stories backstage of like, yeah, so I blew all the money and we went to have matching outfits for our tag team match, but I just, I just don't have it. So I'm going to sort something out guys. Don't like leave it to me. And like the entire show was just them quote running out of money and having to just okay. make do with it all, which is really fun. So that was my first exposure to the fire fest. Right. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the first I heard of it. Yeah. You know, it was, a, it was a pretty big story. Like the main sort of thing that went viral um, really, really quickly. Cause like, obviously it was pegged as like being a luxury festival. Like they were going to have all this amazing food. And there was this one photo of just the most depressing looking <laughs> cheese and salad sandwich you've ever seen oh, that like went yeah. viral. <laughs> and it was, yeah, it was great. Oh, so many great memes too. Like the place just turned into like chaos. Like there's footage in the documentary of like pretty much near riots because people just like, they don't have any of their luggage um, there's no, like, there's no water. Actually, no, that's like another great part of the documentary I skipped over. So one of the people running the festival, they got so desperate to get all this stuff that they'd ordered released from customs because they didn't pay for any of it properly, that they'd fully prepared someone to be going to the customs office to basically beg via the way of blowjob oh. to have the water released so oh. that they could give people water for the weekend. It's uh, it's it's a beautiful shit show, which they parodied uh, in the wrestling show. Of mind course, you. they did. Yeah, they had, like yes. the backstage manager who's like didn't want to go into what he's had to do to get the show to where it was today. <laughs> I want to see both of these. Yeah, yeah. The, the show wasn't. I mean, it was it was still wrestling. You yeah. know, it's like it wasn't like nonstop this, but it was. In I between can fast forward through that. Said, but it's okay. No, I think you should watch it all. <laughs> Have a great time, especially the main event. <laughs>
great, great. That was that was the unsanctioned one, wasn't it? Yeah. Moxie, yeah, and, Mox and Janela. Yeah, I'm sure. Really somebody's style. done a supercut available on YouTube. I'll just search for that. No, I just watched the entire thing. <laughs> <laughs> I got it on my phone. I'll give it to you right now. Variety um, Hour next week. Oh, AW so, Photofest. I would love to review it. Um, so I did BoJack Horseman. Well, I'm doing BoJack Horseman. All these sentences sound wrong. I'm going to talk about BoJack Horseman. <laughs> there we go. Have you guys watched it at all? Yeah, I've seen, I think, the first two seasons. I'm yeah. very, very behind. Love it, though. Great show. Andrew? I know of it, and people who have recommended other shows that I've liked have recommended it. I haven't sat down to sit through a few episodes. I know you have to give a few episodes for, for, for any show, um, so I'm yet to do that. But I've heard nothing but good things about it. I was reluctant at first because it looked like a stupid you know, stupid oh, animal fine. comedy yeah. cartoon thing. I mean, Rick and Morty looks stupid as well. Uh, uh, you know, on, everyone says Rick and surface, Morty's but... highbrow and it's really intelligent. It's like Rick and Morty is Ren and Stimpy compared to this. This, this show <laughs> okay, is sure. so emotionally intelligent for okay. what it's going for. That's very true, yeah. Um, effectively, it's telling the story of Bojack Horseman. He was a, a famous TV actor in the yes. 90s. He's no longer really yep. in the public eye. It's about him trying to get back into it, but he's also battling addiction and the fact that he's just a full-on narcissist. So he's always kind of getting his own way in that so way as well. Jean-Claude Van Johnson. I haven't seen that. Oh, do. Oh, no, you recommend it as well. Sort of yeah. Thing. Yeah, yeah. And it's it kind of the premise of the first season is that he's going to be releasing a book, like a, a, an autobiography or a biography of yeah. some kind to kind of get him back in the public eye. And he's teared up with... Um, this Vietnamese author um, who comes on and, you know, he's going to follow him around and write a story and stuff. And he's kind of proved to her that he's not <laughs> as scummy as he really is. Okay. And honestly, it's, it's difficult to explain in that sense because the show is just about this really awful person trying to not be awful, but that's just who they are. So it's, okay. they're trying to be better, but they can't help that they are so bad. Have you seen uh, Blunt Talk? No. With um, Patrick Stewart? No. He plays a TV show host who also a bit of a has-been and sort of needs a needs a sort of good good kick and back. Mm. Same mm. same same sort of show. Okay. Yeah. Same sort of show, not uh, Yeah, know, yeah. That's it, it it similar only in the in the in, in that premise. Well, this show is very very funny. I mean, I'm pitching it from like from an emotional aspect mm. where if you follow Bo- Bojack himself is it's funny, but he's a very depressing character. Yeah. Okay. But the supporting cast is also very deep. Like they're not just surface flat like level it's comedy characters. Animated, isn't it? Yeah. It's what, yeah. Oh, anyway, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So as Aaron Paul plays um like his kind of psychic okay. character, um, Todd, who's just an idiot, but they really go deep yeah. into what Even makes Todd. Todd has function. such a great character yeah. arc, yeah. Uh Princess Carolyn Carolyn, <laughs> which is his cat ex girlfriend. Okay. Um they her whole end up being her major plot for like the later seasons is she's really like trying to have kids but due to like medical reasons having all these different issues as to why she can't and then right. different relationship issues there's diane the um the writer that's alongside her who ends up being married to bojack's sort of tv rival who's mr peanut butter he's a le- yellow <laughs> okay. lab who was on a very similar show at the same time that bojack's right. famous show was on so like they're mr. peanut butter loves bojack but bojack hates peanut butter because yeah. he's like no you're copying my <laughs> shit and everyone yeah. loves you more yeah but um, yeah, it's just a, it's a, I, I want to say it's a really good time. It's not, it's a sad time, but it's, it's very well done. And they do a lot of things that they couldn't be doing in a traditional non-animated show. Okay. Yeah. They really make use of the fact that it is animated and kind of, they tell some really interesting stories through that. There's this entire episode where, so everyone's an animal. Yeah. There are humans, but all the animals are, you know, humanized yeah. as well. 
Um, Anthropomorphized. No, I was thinking of the word. <laughs> um, there's an episode where he has a film release that he's being a part of, but the film release, like the premiere, is under in the water, like in the ocean. So the entire episode is he's oh, like a, a scuba an helmet on episode. and stuff. Yeah. It's like no dialogue. No dialogue at all. But it tells an amazing okay. story. Yeah. Okay. Um, because he can't speak because of course, yeah. he's underwater and no one can hear him. And the, the entire episode is just music and you can hear sound effects and stuff, but no dialogue. I think, I think there's one sentence at like the very end yeah. or something like that. Um, but stuff that you just wouldn't really be able to get away with. Also, what in what TV show are you going to see like Friends where there's an entire episode where they're underwater as well? <laughs> True. Yeah, um, but it's like all Netflix shows as well. It tell, it's tell like it's comedy in really like long form census. They they'll set up a joke in you know season one that you're still paying off in season four. Good. Um, the basic one that I can give is there's the Hollywood sign, and as part of a plot in one story, one character steals the D from Hollywood, <laughs> and they will from that point forward three seasons later. Everyone refers to it as Hollywood, <laughs> no. and that's still a thing. And like, they, but they they set that up. Like, if you if you just jumped on season four, you'd be like, "What the fuck is going on?" Yeah. But you've watched from the beginning, and it's just the same recurring jokes. And there are so many individual jokes that are just like that. They did just become part of the narrative going okay. forth. Some of them are super irrelevant, but they just everything's consistently told. And season four has just dropped, or is about to. It's season four or five. I'm about. I can't remember the actual number, but it's the final season, whatever okay. it is. So I haven't started that yet. I'm very excited too. I just need to find bloody time to do it. And Rick and Morty season four, for that matter, I think is it's about to start. Yeah, coming out next th- this month or weeks. next month. Yeah. yeah, in November, I think. That's doing weekly releases though, because I, I, Bojack's all at once. No, it, yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah. Netflix. It drops all at once. But oh, yeah, Rick, Rick and Morty. Yeah. Oh, is it dropping here next month in Australia? Are we on it? Netflix? Yeah. Uh, that's worldwide. Oh. Is that the season just like that has technically already aired? Because I know they've got new episodes coming out this year, but I figured that would be on Cartoon Network. I'm confused. They released. What do you mean? One, did they do? They did like a one-off episode, didn't they? Like in between seasons, I thought. Maybe that not. may have been for season three. Maybe I remember it was. they did one episode before the whole right. the rest of the season. Yeah. Worked. I think, that, I think that may have been three. I assumed it was coming out mm-hmm. weekly. Yeah. That's really good if it was coming out Well, there's something Rick and Morty <laughs> coming out soon. But Bojack Horseman, if you haven't gotten onto it, yeah. do. Um, what's the name of the lead actor? He's well, look, just while we're here, Seb, since you love to do it, I'm just going to pigeonhole some wrestling in again. Uh, Rick yeah. and Morty will be appearing on AEW Dynamite next week. Well, yeah, how is that <laughs> happening? I'm so, I saw the announcement that I, Rick and Morty are all know, elite. I but I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be... Well, I'm excited. So you have to watch, you have to watch wrestling again now. I have to. You guys have won. You can't yeah. miss Rick you've, and Morty. You've beaten me down. You've outnumbered me. <laughs> I am now a convert. We, I will watch all the wrestling. The next next year's schedule, there are four wrestling films in. I'm, I'm happy to talk about like what's coming up now. It's way ahead. No one's going to remember it. But we are doing Ready to Rumble, which is... I think it was the year 2000, but it's David Arquette comedy trash, and I love it, but it is objectively a very bad film. Then we're doing The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke, which is... I got him Objectively an Oscar. a very good movie. Yeah. So it's literally, mm-hmm. an, he was definitely nominated for an Oscar. I think he won though. I got to double check that, but very good movie know. about the slum life of an independent wrestler. Sure. Then we're doing um, Fighting With My Family, which is the one that came out this year, um, which was actually produced by The Rock and through WWE Films, which is about um, one of the female wrestlers coming up into the industry through WWE. So it's kind of like propaganda. Can't wait. <laughs> and then for Christmas during Santa with Muscles, which is trash, starring Hulk Hogan as a billionaire or millionaire with amnesia who thinks he's Santa Claus, but he's what's, also Hulk Hogan, so he's buff. What's wrong with Nacho Libre? It's not... Oh, it's why a, aren't we doing it? Yeah, it's a wrestling film. I hate the, I hate the director. 
<laughs> He's the guy from Napoleon Dynamite. I didn't even consider it because I was like, yeah, it just didn't even come to my mind. It's, I can add a fifth wrestling it's, movie in it's if you the want. Only, it's the only wrestling movie I know. Well, you're going to love Ready to Rumble. The one that I said is trash. <laughs> I legitimately think it, it's, that, it's that right era of like bad comedy that I think you'll have nostalgia for even if you haven't seen it before. Okay. So yeah. But yeah, Rick and Morty debuting for a wrestling company. That's fun. I say fun. I'm confused. <laughs> but interesting. No, I'm sure it's all... I kind of assume it'll be some form of like an animated sketch, I which I think would be. be pretty cool. Somebody's getting hit with a chair. <laughs> I feel safe. Rick and uh, Chris Jericho are going to hang out and have a little <laughs> bit of the bubbly. Oh, I had some bubbly last night. It was actually quite nice. <laughs> I should say this episode's coming out after that. So you've probably already seen what happens with Rick and Morty. So let us know if it's any good. Not that we haven't seen it already, probably twice. <laughs> I don't know. Listen, recording in advance is difficult. All right. Find us Thank on you. Instagram <laughs> at Second Take TNC, uh, Second Take Podcast. And if you live in the future, you can tweet us at Second Take TNC. I've still not looked up what the actual link is, but search <laughs> Second Take Media Review on Facebook. Well, that's consistent. Yep. <laughs> Nothing ever changes. Oh, God. Um, what is this an email? I'm taking the sub route. You don't prepare intros. I don't know <laughs> the Facebook link. That, what's, that, well, what, what's Alex's excuse? Yeah. Well, he's not here. Um, <laughs> uh, At least know, Jordan was, makes an excuse. <laughs> that's fair. No, I'm not. I'm not angry. I'm not even disappointed. I'm just. I'm just. I'm just exhausted. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Second Take Podcast at gmail um, We have a website. Second Take Three years of content. Also, for an independent filmmaker, there is a submissions page on there where you can inform us of your your film, get in contact with us, and we can see if we can review it on an episode of The Variety Hour. We're yeah. looking at doing a lot of those next year. And have a chat with you as well, if, yeah. if, if that's what you're into. So yeah, absolutely. If you know someone that's making a film or has made an independent film and you know, looking at, hey, where can I get that featured? Yeah. We would definitely love to have that discussion. Please pass on the detail to, you know, to them. Yeah, Word and of if, mouth, motherfuckers. And you can find a way to fly us over to wh- wherever you are. As you know, as as a budget excuse on your well, on your film nice. to have a chat, yeah, we'd be perfectly, on, perfectly yeah. on board with that. And I got distracted. Oh, patreon.com slash second take if you want to support the show. Um, we've got a bunch of Patreon bonus episodes lined up for next year, so we'll talk about more of that that when we get a bit closer. But apart from that, I think that's the show, right? We'll be back on Monday with Scream Three, Andrew's favorite. With more wrestling. Don't tempt us. <laughs> <laughs> we've talked about it. We will. <laughs> forward. It's the one move we're all ready to take. And at the Audi Moving Forward sales event, we're ready to help you on that journey. All Audi dealerships are now open with tailored solutions to suit your individual needs, like the Audi A6 Saloon, with PCP finance from only €499 per month. Now is the time to make an appointment. Now is the time to start moving forward. Audi. Vorsprung durch Technik. Terms and conditions apply. Come home to ultra-fast broadband and Sky's best-ever Wi-Fi for our lowest-ever price from just €30 Euro a month. So you can now play games, stream music and download movies at ultra-fast speeds for less than ever before. To switch from just €30 Euro a month for 12 months, search Sky 30. Availability subject to location, set up these terms and conditions apply. For more info, see sky.ie forward slash speeds. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.